Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. I want to pick up where we were in a previous episode in John 16, the end of the 16th chapter. And Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he was saying, hey, you know, I have been speaking in figures of speech, but the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in a figure of speech. But I'll tell you plainly about the Father. And he said in verse 26, In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. There's something interesting about that. I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I come from God. It's shown us that we have a personal relationship through the Lord Jesus Christ with the Father. Don't ever forget this. The Lord Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father. And I think, I don't even know how to say this without sounding heretical sometimes. <laughs> but too often we place too much emphasis upon a particular uh, person within the triune nature of God. Okay, and And we think that, okay, we worship Jesus and we should. But it's like God's way off over here in this corner of the Father. It's way off over here. And, and that we just think, well, we're doing this through Jesus and for Jesus to where we'd be right with him, but we don't even look at him. We don't even talk to him, that kind of thing. And that's not true. As a matter of fact, what really sort of helps us with this is the very next um, thing that Jesus says after he says all this kind of stuff is giants, what we call John 17. The first verse says this, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. So you see, it says after he's spoken these words. And so it seems to be within the immediate context of this encounter. In other words, the disciples were there when Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17, and what we call his high priestly prayer. And so the things that he's saying right here that, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to speak in uh, figures of speech. I'm going to tell you plainly about the Father. They were learning plainly about the Father as he was praying to the Father in the next chapter. Okay, but this is just an encounter right here. And I think there's something very significant about that. So anyway, picking up on what I'm looking at here, the, verse 27, the Father himself, Jesus says, loves you because you've loved me and believed that I came from the Father. Verse 28, I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. Verse 29, his disciples said, ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Verse 30, now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And so we talked about this at the end of the previous episode. They're saying, hey, now we know that you know all things. We know that you know. <laughs> and we know that you know. And we know that no one needs to question you. So that's why we believe that you came from God. So they believe that he came from God because he's got the uh, answers to all their questions. He's like the God answer man or something like that. They believe that he came from God because he can put people into their place. He can do this. He can do that. Jesus looks at him in verse 31. He says, do you now believe? 
In other words, Jesus was drawing the question to their belief. Is it enough to believe, oh, yeah, uh, Jesus came from God, I believe. I believe this is a major hint that you can believe that Jesus came from God, and you can say that I believe he came from God, but you don't have a believing faith. You haven't repented, you haven't confessed, you haven't called upon the Lord to forgive you of your sins and been baptized for the remission of your sins. And Jesus is drawing this in the question, do you now believe? Jesus kept talking. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So even at this moment, before he enters in to these final days and experiences all this horrific stuff that he's going to experience, he's telling them, I have overcome the world. He's telling them, in the world here, you're going to have tribulation, but I want you to be encouraged. I want you to take heart. I want you to be uplifted. Because in this world, you will have tribulation. Then the but, I have overcome the world. And then the very next thing he says is what we saw a while ago in John 17, 1. When Jesus has spoke these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. And then he prays. I forgot how many verses long this 17th chapter is. Uh, 26 verses. Of Jesus speaking and praying to the Father and picking up that theme, that idea that we've seen at the end of the 16th chapter, that the hour has come. The hour has come. But this is what I want us to see for today. The Lord has told us that he has overcome the world. We are to be encouraged and to realize that we are overcomers in and through him. Um, let me take us to the first John. Okay, first John talks a good a great deal about this. I'm just going to jump in the middle of it here. In the second chapter, in verse 12, John is saying, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Verse 13, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. And this isn't the type of thing that the ch only the children knew the Father, only the young people overcome the evil, only the fathers knew him from the beginning, that kind of thing. You know? He's saying, hey, I'm writing you children, I'm writing you fathers, I'm writing to you young men. And he's actually drawing distinctions here. Okay, you got those who are older the fathers, you got those younger young men, but you know they're all really children because all of them have been saved by the Lord. And he's wanting to know something. You have overcome evil. You have been forgiven by your faith and by your belief. You've overcome the evil. But listen to verse 14. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. He's saying by <coughs> definition, by your position in the Lord, you've overcome the evil one. Now, walk in it. Now, let me read these next, uh, I guess I'll read the next three verses. We'll run out of time by then. Because these verses, First uh, John 2, 15, uh, are just uh, so, so, so important for us. It says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not him. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, 
the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with all its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I love that verse 16 where it says, for all this in the world, and then it describes it in the threefold nature, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father. That's the exact parallel that you see when the Satan was tempting Eve in the garden. Desire of the flesh, desire of the eyes, the pride of life. The pride of life, she, remember what he said, hey, this will make you wise. Desire of the flesh, remember that she was excited that it, that it looked like a good fruit and it looked pretty. Desire of the life, you know, that it would taste good and, this kind of, and she decided to take of it. It's the same exact thing. So we're being told this. Guys, you have overcome. You are overcome in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you overcome evil by abiding in him. Jesus had previously said that in John 15, the previous chapter of what we read a while ago out of the gospel. And he says, you know what? You abide in me, you will overcome. And when we do that, we have no reason to fear. We walk in the light. And Jesus says in John, 1 John two seventeen, John writes to us and says, Whoever does the will of God abides forever. Well, anyway, my time's up. So I'll see you in the next episode. We'll talk more about this, okay? Thank you a lot. I'm Dale. See you then. Bye-bye.